During the past few months, we've created a new weekend tradition, which includes watching your favorite MLS team play on TV, muting the broadcast, heading to Rabble.tv to hear my audio during the game, and then drinking a cold beverage as we spend 90 minutes together discussing our favorite league. And now we're taking it to the next level by bringing back Jared Dubois to join me this Sunday for LA Galaxy FC Dallas at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you have to do is tune into the Galaxy vs. Dallas game on TV, press the mute button, and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to me and Jared through your desktop, through your iOS Android app, or through your mobile browser. Plus, before or during the game, you can join in by posting your questions or observations in the comments section. Or why don't you create your own broadcast and call one of your team's games? It's easy. Sign up for free today and try it out. Join me and Jared this Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern for LA Galaxy against FC Dallas on Rabble.tv, where it's your team and your call. Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Here we go, Soccer Morning on a Friday. We are ready to go. The weekend is looming, and you are here to talk soccer with me for the next hour and change, and I'm I'm just so excited. I'm very excited, Uh, very jazzed for this particular show, despite the fact that we are free and clear to talk about whatever it is. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because we're free and clear. No guests today. All about you and what's on your mind. And trust me, there's a lot to cover. Not only do we have the standard weekend preparation with a schedule and a host of games and a million things you get to watch on television if you want to. We have some news out of the world of football, including some things happening in Zurich today. Which is extremely interesting. So we will get to that. Actually, let's start with the news. I was checking Twitter this morning, and Sam Borden of the New York Times was in Zurich ahead of a planned press conference with Sepp Blatter at 3 o'clock local time. That would be 9 o'clock Eastern time. Hey, it's 9 o'clock Eastern time now. Now, Sam Borden has reported that, the, that Sepp Blatter has been hinting around FIFA headquarters for the past week that his term might not end in February. Remember, he was planning on stepping down. We were going to get a replacement. Maybe that's Michelle Platini, maybe it's somebody else, but regardless, Sepp was going away. Apparently, he's uh, maybe hinting that he might stay. Now, uh, Borden also says that this could be, uh, and at least one uh, FIFA employee has said that it could be Bladder just messing with people, trolling a bit. Because, yeah, when you're the president of FIFA and you've overseen a corrupt body for so long, what you should be doing is trolling people. Uh, this all comes on the heels of the fact that Swiss prosecutors have gained access to Jerome Valk's emails. Remember, Valk was suspended from his job as secretary general after it came out that he had participated in a ticket scheme uh, to overprice uh, some tickets. Uh, he was on his way to Russia at the time. The plane turned around. As the FIFA turns continues to be amazing. Now, you're thinking, okay, it's 9 o'clock. Seb Blatter should be having his press conference. We should be getting some details. Well, no, because five minutes ahead of said press conference, FIFA canceled it. So there is a gathered body of reporters at FIFA headquarters in Zurich right now who are doing nothing. Uh, Standing around, milling about. Canceled with five minutes to go because that is just so FIFA and so Seb Blatter. If more details come out, of events in Zurich uh, this uh, this morning. We will certainly get to that. Again, watch for Sam Borden. Rob Harris, I believe, is also in there. 
there is a lot happening right now, and you feel as though the House of Cards could be shaking a bit, although if Blatter is talking about holding on to his position, there could be a couple of reasons for that including that he may think it protects him from prosecutions, uh, prosecution in some regard. Very interesting news in MLS circles. Reports from Mexico suggest that the Chicago Fire have contacted former Club America and Mexican national team head coach Miguel Herrera for their vacant head coach opening. Uh, this would be a huge move for Chicago. Clearly, he's an incredible personality. He's obviously a good coach. Uh, he is fiery. He would bring a lot of interest. And Chicago has a history, of course, of tapping into uh, the Mexican community there in Chicago. Uh, the fire do anyway. Uh, this could be a, a nod in that direction, although it's just a good coach and he happens to be available. Speaking of press conferences, Pep Guardiola walked out of the Friday press conference in Germany after being inundated with questions about the England national team job. Apparently, there have been reports that the FA is looking to replace or I'm sorry, looking to hire Guardiola to succeed Roy Hodgson. I'm not even sure when that was supposed to, hap- uh, to happen. Guardiola uh, reportedly said, uh, I'm, I'm Bayern Munich's head coach, thank you very much, and walked away. Oh, Back to the FIFA for a second. I did actually see this. Um, it has been confirmed. Rob Harris on Twitter. FIFA has decided that the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will start November 21st and be played in just 28 days. Final on December 18th, Guitar National Day. So there you go. Now, uh, to heap more uh, craziness on top of everything happening in Zurich today, confirmation of that Winter World Cup, which we knew was coming, but there you go. There it is on the schedule. CONCACAF Champions League results from Thursday night. Metapon losing 1-2 to Tigres. Jose Torres with a goal for Tigres. Obviously, former U.S. international. Hasn't been in the picture for a long time, but he's still there. Walter Ferretti losing 1-2 to CD Matagua in the Champions League. And RSL came back from a goal down at home at Rio Tinto to beat Santa Tecla 2-1. The winner coming from their summer signing, Argentinian Burrito Martinez. Roberto Firmino, the Brazilian midfielder, has pulled out of his national team squad for upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Chile and Venezuela. He may have a broken bone in his back that is per the Liverpool website where Brendan Rodgers has addressed the injury suffered by Firmino. He came off after landing awkwardly during a Capital One Cup match against Carlisle United on Wednesday night. Liverpool ended up winning that match um, on penalties. All right, your weekend schedule. As I said, it's Friday. You better get yourself prepared. You better get your notebook out or get your phone's scheduling function and set some reminders because there's a lot of soccer happening. Um, MLS Friday night, Red Bulls, Orlando City tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on Unimas. Premier League tomorrow, Spurs and Man City, 7.45 a.m. Eastern on NBC Sports. You have Leicester City and Arsenal at 10 o'clock Eastern on USA, Newcastle versus Chelsea, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports. Just a couple of games from the Premier League. A couple of games from La Liga on Saturday. Barcelona against Las Palmas at 10 a.m. Eastern on BN Sport. And Real Madrid against Malaga, 12.15 p.m. Eastern on BN Sport. So there's your two giants in Spain. The Bundesliga, because that's on national television in the United States again. A channel everybody gets, for the most part. Werder Bremen. Bayer Leverkusen, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Fox Soccer Plus. Okay, we don't get that one, but it's still available if you pay for it. Mainz versus Bayern Munich, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Fox Sports 2. Hamburg and Schalke, 
12.30 p.m. Eastern, Fox Sports 2. MLS Sunday, because that's how you should close your weekend. Sporting Kansas City and Seattle, 5 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. San Jose RSL, 7 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports 1. And LA Galaxy hosting FC Dallas at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1 as well. That's uh, quite the weekend of games, quite the schedule. So there you go. All right, as I said, no guest. We are. Oh, by the way, LA LA versus FC Dallas, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Fox Sports 1. I will be doing a Rabble.TV broadcast with my friend and partner, Jared Dubois, from the Best Soccer Show, so make sure you check that out, Rabble.TV. All right, as I said, no guest today. It's a free-for-all Friday, a free kick Friday, if you will. That means we need your calls to keep this thing rolling, whether it's FIFA or MLS or the Bundesliga or La Liga or the Premier League or people getting hurt or soccer, anywhere else in the world. It's time to talk about it now. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're talking too loud. During the past few months, we've created a new weekend tradition, which includes watching your favorite MLS team play on TV, muting the broadcast, heading to Rabble.TV to hear my audio during the game, and then drinking a cold beverage as we spend 90 minutes together discussing our favorite league. And now we're taking it to the next level by bringing back Jared Dubois to join me this Sunday for LA Galaxy FC Dallas at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you have to do is tune into the Galaxy vs. Dallas game on TV, press the mute button, and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to me and Jared through your desktop, through your iOS Android app, or through your mobile browser. Plus, before or during the game, you can join in by posting your questions or observations in the comments section. Or why don't you create your own broadcast and call one of your team's games? It's easy. Sign up for free today and try it out. Join me and Jared this Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern for LA Galaxy against FC Dallas on Rabble.tv, where it's your team and your call. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, we are back on Soccer Morning. There is a lot on our plates today. Things are happening in Zurich. I'm not sure exactly what's happening. Uh, I was not being in Zurich. So uh, we will continue to monitor Twitter and, uh, and various other news feeds in order to get a sense of what exactly is happening with FIFA. But there, is, uh, there, is other, there are other things to speak of, and conjugating ber- verbs is fun. Dave in Queens is on the air. What's up, Dave? Uh, it's actually Bill in uh, Queens. How you doing, Jason? Oh, Bill, Dave. Apparently Trevor's brain is failing him today. What's going on, Dave? I mean, Bill, sorry. See? It's right in front of me, Bill. <laughs> That's a, you're, you're probably just hoping it's our good friend Dave Martinez, also out in Queens, too. He's, uh, he's, he's the, Man, uh, the he, second most important Argentine in New York City today. You know, you know <laughs> that's a very good, Bill. I kind of I kind of want to work on my Dave Martinez impression. I, I feel like I can if I really tried, I could pull one out. But go ahead. <laughs> so I uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, uh, about this current Red Bulls team and about how they've been able to accomplish so much in the league on what is uh, at least for their standards at least a shoestring budget and kind of how that uh, ties into a lot of what we talk about where you know we want uh, you know we want the league to increase the salary cap and to be able to 
to bring in more players. And then you have a team that is able to do what they've been able to do this year by offering some pretty, you know, uh, pretty low contracts to some fairly talented players. Well, what does that, mm. you know, do to kind of the conversation that we need to pay, you know, uh, a, a lot of guys more and we'll get, you know, better talent when they've well, actually been able to do... Okay, I mean, look, the the Red Bulls relative to the rest of the league are a very successful team on a budget, right? I mean, they're, they're, what's their payroll like? Four million bucks, right? It's not, it's in, in yeah, it's above the it's above the cap because they are allocate, you know, they are using allocation money to pay some stuff down and, and whatever. It, it their totals above the cap, but it's nowhere near the Galaxies and, and Seattle's and Toronto's of the world. If and again, that's relative. So if you would if you increase the cap and allow teams to spend more on their middle class players which is where I think the focus should be, they're going to get, I mean, they would naturally be better. I mean, it happens to be in this moment, this is a good team, it's a fun team, and they're doing it without spending a lot of money. But if everybody's spending more money, then then you would only assume that the Red Bulls, being as effective as they've been under Ali Curtis and Jesse Marsh, would find a way to be better. They would just be spending more because the salary cap would be higher. And, and, and to that point, Bill, I think it's necessary to say that MLS... I don't think that they have a mandated salary floor at the moment. I mean, no, it's not a lot of money, so nobody spends below the cap uh, in in real terms. But if you did raise the cap, you know, say a hundred percent, which in in real money is not a lot in sports terms, you would you would necessarily need a, a salary floor that cl- that clubs have to be over in order to maintain some integrity. I mean, what I'd like to see, you know, more than anything, is I'd like to see, you know, the. Uh, the squad sizes get a little bit larger just because yes. we have so yes. many players that are that are on the uh, you know that are kind of on that USL academy level that you know we're uh, you know we're, we're thinking about now you know we don't have enough homegrown slots to bring some of these guys and that, that's the other thing that you know while the team hasn't spent necessarily the highest salary on um, on the MLS roster they have a, a very deep academy system and uh, this year especially you're starting to see the the fruits of that labor uh, you know Matt Miazga coming out of that system uh, guys like Sean Davis uh, Sean Akira Davis who's uh, getting a lot of minutes with the first team uh, and has played a bunch of the USL team too and then you know, uh, and a lot of guys that brought in kids like Tyler Adams and uh, you know Derek Etienne who uh, is lining it up at um, at uh, Clemson or UVA I, uh, I can't remember which one so I mean, yeah, like, like I'd like to see more spots available for those guys rather than yes, clear, just clearly. kind of stringing them along. Uh, yeah. Bill, the, the 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 squad size is absolutely something. I mean, add five more senior spots and and raise the cap, uh, you know, commensurately with that addition of of spots. Give teams the opportunity. I mean, we're seeing some of the an, an improvement in depth. I mean, what what the the reason is? I haven't d- uh, dived into that yet, but we're seeing an improvement in depth that has helped teams uh helped mls teams fight on multiple fronts i mean we we've got now seattle into the knockout round of the champions league dc united into the cha- knockout round of the champions league um who am i la galaxy and rsl needs a point from their not their last match to get through that would put four teams the the max we can get into the knockout round into the quarterfinals and that speaks some to the depth that these clubs have been able to develop specifically in seattle um, I mean, DC United had a really easy group. I don't know if that's about depth for them, but the Galaxy have plenty of depth and have used their academy to that to that end. I think you're right. I think maybe what when we talk about raising the cap and improve, uh, in, increasing the, the the senior roster size, what we're really saying is we want to make sure the teams get the benefit of the academy. 
Indeed. Hey, uh, Jason, you just made me think for a second about your great, um, you know, uh, soccer conspiracies list. You really talk about the fact that uh, in the U.S. Open Cup, D.C. United won something like uh, 13 consecutive coin tosses to uh, uh, host Open Cup games during that run. Yeah, that well, would be a, be a good um, one to add to your list. Bill, I think that, you know, they've gone to coin tosses for certain rounds, later rounds now. But as recently as two or three years ago, it was simply about who bid more money. Uh, who who had a higher bid to host games? So it was it was entirely about the club stepping up and had nothing to. That's why the coin toss was a big deal. Was finally, oh, finally, chance has a role to play in who gets to host, rather than Seattle saying, "Well, you know, we'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was." You know that that. So I think that had a big big part to play in DC not having so many home matches. Right, and then uh, one last thing tonight. Uh, don't be surprised if uh, at kickoff at Red Bull Arena. Uh, Nobody is there because uh, Pope Mageddon is, uh, is uh, on a ball here and okay. getting out of uh, getting out of the city today. Uh, being that they're having mass uh, above Penn Station uh, about an hour before kickoff should be really fun for anyone trying to get out to uh, to Harrison for the uh, match. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, just just on that match very quickly, Bill. I mean, I think Kaká is going to be back. Uh, I think he's going to be back in, in Orlando squad. That obviously gives. Um, Miazga and Paranel, something else to deal with. Uh, Miazga's got one game left, this game before he leaves for the U23s, and that means probably Zubar stepping in. Uh, you know, the Red Bulls have a chance at the support. I mean, they, they're the ones holding the cards on the supporter shield. Win out, and it's theirs. There's no, there's no chance of anybody else, but that's a difficult task. Three in a row at home. Do they start off on the right foot tonight, or do you think there's a hiccup here? Uh, I mean, you have a team that scores uh, some of the, I think it's uh, we're in one or two in scoring the most goals at home against a team who gives up the most goals on the road. Yeah. So I'll take those odds. All right, fair enough. Bill in Queens, appreciate the call. Anytime, man. All right, there you go, uh, Bill in Queens. 646-832-3909. Uh, got you on Twitter if you can't call in. Soccer Morning is the handle. Hit us up there. Uh, we are tracking what's going on in... Uh, in uh, in Zurich with FIFA. Let's see. I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to keep track of what's going on. Mike on Twitter. NHL salary cap is seventy million. If MLS uh, even went half of that, how quickly would they be a top league? Well, they'd certainly be able to compete immediately with Mexico. But it's not. Look, you could raise the cap to thirty five million dollars, but I don't think the revenue is there yet for MLS to handle a salary spend for each team of $35 million. Even if these were individual franchise, you know, even if they were individual clubs operating of their own accord rather than the single entity structure, which helps prop some teams up, or at least has helps us support, provides a support system. The MLS teams can't afford to spend $35 million, Mike, but if they did in a perfect world, if that money was coming into the league, I think that they're probably, you know, they're probably one of the best leagues in the Americas in, in five years. It'd take about five years to really create a situation where that money was being spent in an effective manner. I mean, you certainly make the top teams that know how to spend money, LA Galaxy, Seattle Sounders, New York Red Bulls, if they decided to use that cash, the, they would all be among, they would be, all be among the best teams in this hemisphere fairly quickly. Among them. Not, I'm not saying the best. But among them, they'd be able to compete with Club America on equal footing, certainly. They'd be able to compete with, um, with Santos Laguna and some of these other big clubs in Mexico on even footing. 646-832-3909. And, and you didn't, you didn't, I mean, imagine a $35 million salary cap. 
where you're not having the, the, with with the DP rule, or maybe you throw out the DP rule, you're still able to sign three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar players at least before filling out the rest of your squad. I mean that 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 is a game changer. I can't even imagine a future like that. I guess maybe the, here's a question since Mike put that out there. What year, if you had to guess, what year does the MLS salary cap hit $35 million? And remember, if you go deep into the future, you're talking about less spending power because of inflation. So even if you said, oh, $35 million, there'll be $35 million in 20 years, that's probably not $35 million in current money. That would be more like what? What, do you, what would you guess, Trevor? Like 20, 22 million, something like that. I mean, it, who knows what 20 years can do to the dollar seven dollars seven you could buy yourself a, a combo at subway with the 35 million dollar salary cap in 2000 in 2035 all right let's go to rob uh dc uh, wants to talk about dc united hey rob hey how's it going good morning um i just wanted to call and get your opinion uh you know dc united's been on a bit of a skid lately um you know, there's been some, you know, uh, injuries, but, you know, I, I feel like Ben Olsen's done a good job of rotating his players and, and making sure everybody gets rest. But, you know, lately we just, just look flat out there. And I just wanted to get your opinion, you know, what you think might need to, to change to kind of get back on track going into uh, the playoffs. Because right I, now I it looks like it's going to be a short postseason. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I, you know what I think it is? I think, Rob, that the margins that DC. DC United was playing with this year are very small. And obviously what mm-hmm. I mean by that is when they're on, when their veterans are playing smart, heady soccer, when they're defending well, when they're defending as a group, I mean, you've got Birnbaum and, 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 and aging Bobby Boswell. I mean, let's be fair about that. He's not the, the, the fleetest of foot back there. Um, mm-hmm. You've got, you know, you've got a, 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 a pair of you get good midfielders. I don't know if they're great midfielders. Perry Kitchen is very good, but he obviously needs a partner. He can't do everything by himself. Uh, you're right. relying on Espindola and and Rolf and now and and now um, Saborio for, for your goals. Uh-huh. There, there is like there's a creakiness to DC United. You know what I mean? And and I think mm-hmm. that when you start the season, and a lot of teams are trying to figure out who they are and how to play together. A team rich with veterans, and, and you know, throw in some young players who get it, and burn mom and, and kitchen. But when you're rich with veterans like that, I think it's probably easier to hit your stride quicker. But then you get to the, you get to August, you get to September, and suddenly, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm beaten, and we've got injuries, and we're playing Champions League, and we're playing Open, well, not Open Cup anymore, but we're, we're doing all of these things, and you know, th- there's also just this kind of. 1.0 feeling about DC, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think the enthusiasm starts to wane, and they haven't been able to get to get big crowds out there very often. Even when we, we we've done well the last couple games, uh, I, I believe the announced attendance was I don't know about nineteen thousand. Okay, that's not night, that's not terrible. Which is which is uh, about capacity, you know, for the for the lower bowl of RFK. Okay, okay. I mean, if, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, if they're getting some people out there now, that's that's good. They obviously need that for the stretch run here. I, I, I again, I, I just think that you know DC United is built to win games one nothing two one, and if yeah. they if they don't if if everything doesn't click exactly, if they have a couple mm-hmm. of mistakes, I mean, we've seen we've seen this team make some serious gas over the last month or so. Uh, if they give uh-huh. their opponent the opportunity to victimize them, then they don't have enough firepower. 
to come back. I mean, they're, they're not going to win games. I mean, I know they went through a stretch where they scored a bunch of goals. That was really weird, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a one-off thing uh, against uh, RSL. They, they, it was like 6-4 or something. Yeah, it was yeah RSL was, was crumbling at the time. It was a, I mean, and, and look, MLS is unpredictable. That's why we love it. And they could very much find themselves and, and be, a, be a real threat in the playoffs. I mean, they, they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just don't get the sense. Again, you get the sense that their margins are very small. Uh, and and if they if they don't play their perfect game, they're going to have trouble against better teams. I mean, let's I'm looking at their recent results. Okay, forgetting the Champions League, they lost to the Crew two to one at home. They yeah. uh, drew with Colorado on the road. That's not a good result. They they get crushed by New York three uh, nothing. Losing to San Jose at home, and that's when San Jose was on their great run. I. I yeah, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of... I mean, who's the, who's the guy that's going to take this team or who are the couple of players who are capable of taking this team and just pushing them through? Toronto's got Jovinko. Up in New England, they've got three or four guys right. who can do that. New York has... you know Bradley Wright Phillips can go on a run, but you still have a, a, a dynamo in terms of, of Dax McCarty. Sasha Kleshton's an energetic player still. Um, they've got Lloyd Sam on the wings. They've had Sean, Sean Wright Phillips. I mean, th- th- there's... There's, you feel like there's an injection of energy, and 33-year-old, 32-year-old Alvaro Sabaria is not an injection of energy. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, man. Have a great weekend. I appreciate it. I, I don't think it's over for D.C. United, Rob, but I do think that they're in trouble. 646-832-3909 is your phone number. We're, uh, we're here as long as you want us to be here. We're checking out uh, what's going on with FIFA. Uh, FIFA executive committees are at a loss to explain why Blatter canceled his press conference. One senior official simply told me, stay tuned. That's from Richard Conway on Twitter. We, uh, we've got a lot of people on the ground in Zurich who are uh, very desperate to try to find out exactly what is going on. We just announced again that, uh, that Qatar's World Cup in 2022 has been confirmed for November 21st to December 18th, final on December 18th, which happens to be Cutter's National Day, so their their National Celebration Day uh, for all 300,000 people that live there. Isn't that the, the, the population? Yeah. 646-832-3909. Okay, a couple of things here. Uh, speaking of MLS, speaking of summer signings, if that's what we were doing, uh, speaking of big-name players and DPs, had a chance to read a, a column posted to Yahoo Sports by our good friend Leander Sherlackins. Uh, I believe that went up either overnight or maybe yes, late yesterday. Uh, and it is calling out the LA Galaxy and MLS in general for their failure to stand up to big-name DP players when it comes to playing uh, part-timers, when it comes to uh, jetting off to London, say, to be an analyst for BT Sport during UEFA Champions League coverage, which, of course, is what Steven Gerrard is doing the lead from Leander Stephen Gerrard has a new job. He was recently hired by English broadcaster BT Sport as a studio analyst for its UEFA Champions League coverage. That means he's in London for a few day, few day, few days every other week. Gerrard recently started another job as well as a midfielder in Major League Soccer, a position he was very qualified to do with a long, impressive resume. The words "Liverpool legend" get thrown around a lot for his longevity and Hall of Prizes on Merseyside. But after a dazzling debut, and Leander goes on to talk about how he hasn't been effective, obviously the concern here is that you're being victimized by a player who's making a lot of money. $6.2 million, I believe, is 
Steven Gerrard's salary. And instead of pu- giving all of his commitment, all of his time, his full, his full energy to the LA Galaxy and their push for another title, he says, I can also do this thing that's 3,000 miles away. 65, whatever. 5,500 miles away. No, you, you really can't. And there is a disturbing history of this. MLS set a precedent when it allowed David Beckham to take advantage of his situation in L.A., jet off to Milan to play on loan. Then he gets hurt. Then he, well, first of all, he extended his original loan into the summer, which obviously damaged the L.A.'s, uh, the L.A. Galaxy's uh, uh, fortunes that season. They were paying him a lot of money. They signed him up to pay him a lot of money. And then they got a part-time player. And if MLS is going to be taken seriously, at some point, they're going to have to say enough of this crap. Stop. You're our player. We're not letting you fly to London on a Tuesday to come back on a Friday or a Thursday so that you, to play in a game. It's just not going to work. Either, either be an analyst or be a player, make a decision. Eddie in Brooklyn, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Hey, over under, how many third rail members you think went to MetLife Stadium last night? to watch the Giants beat Washington. <laughs> what? Why is that a thing, Eddie? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just curious how many third rail members go to Jersey to watch football. Ah, oh, I see what you you're know, saying. Like, we, you know, can't like, like we can't leave yeah, the city. We can't leave the city to watch football. Like everybody, everybody should go to Jersey tonight to watch some football because unlike, you know, Jared Dubois wants to point out that's a sexy-ass team going on right now. I think at, so, at too. Look, look, I, I, I think that's all his left-coast bias, Eddie. I don't get that. I, I really don't. I love watching the Red Bulls play. When they're clicking, they're, they're Galaxy-esque in their team play. They're, I mean, the Sounders might have the prettiest team goals in the league, but they're kind of inconsistent with them right now. But uh, the Red Bulls, I mean, I, I really do feel the Red Bulls are, are legit right now, and, and they have a shot at this. I mean, not only are they Galaxy-esque, but they also don't have some 35-year-old pudgy midfielder huffing and puffing down the midfield. You know, I mean, they don't, and they don't have him. they don't have a guy they're paying six million dollars to going uh, overseas every week, every other week to cover some other competition, and then flying back and and huffing and puffing in the midfield. Yeah, I, I really, I, I had I had beef with that comment because I think it was if you watch the DC United game. The last time that they played DC United, where they just absolutely shredded them for 90 minutes, it was basically it was. I think it was a game where everybody noticed that DC United is and has been nothing but smoke and mirrors for the last two seasons. It's just a lot of uh, you know MLS 1.0 tactics, a lot of seasoned vets who eventually they, it's, it's going to wear down. It's going to catch up to them once yeah. they have to start playing some actual soccer. Yeah. But just watching watching Grella and Question, watching what Grella's runs and, and the space that he opens for Question and, and watching Felipe support Dax. It's just, it's, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. The way they I combine know, is sexy. I, I don't know. Hey, hey, Eddie, if I gave, I know you're biased as hell and maybe you could, maybe you could take the, the, the Red Bull colored glasses off for a second, but if I gave you a choice right now between Sebastian Legette and Mike Grella, who do you take? Take it to the future. I have to take Lechette. I'm okay. not going to be an idiot. Okay. Well, but, he's a little bit younger player, probably a little bit more dynamic. But but what's great about Grella and what's great about the Red Bulls this year? And again, I'm I, I like stars. I like big names. I can get excited for Thierry Henry. Clearly, I mean, who wouldn't be? But I'm also a sucker for a team that 
plays like a team and feels like a team and, and buys into whatever the program. I mean, and we don't know what goes on in the locker room, and I don't know if Jesse Marsh is a genius or he's lucky, but it just projects itself, especially considering their payroll, Eddie, that this is a group that plays together like nobody else in this league, even the Galaxy, because they throw in a Gerard. It's it's almost it kind of feels like those uh, like 2010 2011 RSL teams. Yeah, it does uh, just maybe with a little bit more star power. And the thing with with Grella, Grella is the perfect like He's going to be the perfect Metro legend. He's going to go. I think he'll go down above like a Luke Rogers. People still yeah. talk about Luke Rogers at Rebel Arena. Like it's a thing. Yeah, I know. I and know. I think Grella <laughs> Grella is going to be at is going to like surpass him in that regard. Because the dude is just like legendary. The fact that you can call him Grelladino and it makes sense <laughs> because what he does to people on the dribble and then the ridiculous goals that he scores. I mean, the dude is just legit. But I wouldn't take him over legit, though. I'm, okay, you know. fair enough. Um, there's a little, and you know what? If you if you squint a little bit, you can even you can even maybe imagine Mike Grella looks like John Wolinak just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just because of the hair color, like very you know those guys with light hair, they stick out on the field like that. All right, so uh, you're feeling pretty good about tonight, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we can't beat Orlando City at home, especially with the way Orlando has been like the last five weeks, uh, you, you don't deserve to win the Supporters Shield. Like, that's right now, that's that's my mind is, I know Bruce Arena doesn't care about the Supporters Shield and a lot of the MLS 1.0 are so ignorant to not think that it's a trophy that matters. I, I'm 100% all in on the supporter shield. And I want that trophy, especially th- being the first year that that city came into, came into MLS just to be able to have that over them. Mm-hmm. Like not only were you guys sweat, not only did we destroy the cosmos, but we won a trophy and everybody talk about, Oh, you didn't win MLS cup. Like again, MLS cup will always be a crapshoot. It, it, you don't have to be the best team to win MLS cup. And that's kind of like another problem I had with Jared um, on, on best soccer show. When, he was trying to pick apart your argument about picking the Rebels. You don't have to be the best team to win MLS Cup no, in the playoffs. True. Right, I'm, exactly. The, 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 the playoffs often never reward the best team uh, throughout the season. I mean, Santos Laguna won the league next title. Nobody in their right mind right. would have picked them. Everybody was picking either America or Tigres or even Atlas who finished at the top of the table. And then, you know, Santos just slip in and they win the title. So you don't have to be the best to, to actually be the best. You just have to be in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, 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 you know, some of the logic is that if they if they take care of their business, and, and I've looked at the schedule, it's, uh, it's again, it's three in a row at home. Who they got at home the next three? It's Orlando. They got uh, Toronto. Toronto. Uh, Orlando. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me find it right here. Orlando, Columbus, Montreal. Those are the three games at home. And I think they go on on the road to Toronto. Yeah, uh, on the fourteenth of October, and then I don't, I, I don't okay. know the last couple of games, Eddie. But I mean, again, the math is, if they win out, they win the supporters shield. Now, winning out seems very unlikely. That's six in a row. But you know, that means somebody else has to catch up. Somebody else has to make up ground. And if the say the Red Bulls are able, you know, out of out of eighteen points, they're able to get sixteen. They're able to get fifteen. They're still, for me, the uh, the favorite to win the supporters shield. If they win the supporter shield, if they finish top, even if they fin- just finish top of the Eastern Conference, there's a good shot, or, or on a high, uh, you know, on a relatively high number of points compared to the rest of of, of the league and the in the Western Conference, there's a there's you know the likelihood is they can 
if they get to a final, they'll be at home. And we know they're good at home. I, I would take the Galaxy at home over anybody else, but I'm not sure the Galaxy are going to have home field advantage when we get down to it. Yeah, and I don't even want the Galaxy to be able to host an MLS Cup final. Because, look, I'm going to be real. Last year, there was, what, 27,000 people at that stadium? It didn't It didn't come off that way on, um, on the television. I, I thought that, that it was too quiet. You know, it, it, it didn't feel like a, a finals environment. It just kind of felt like, oh, you know, let's go on a picnic and yeah, watch you the know, soccer I, game. And I've, and I've said that. You may have heard me say that. I even wrote a column coming out of that, that final last year where I sort of, you know, I, L.A. is a great place. They've got good fans. They got a lot of people who do really care about that team and, and are passionate. But yeah, it's you know, it's a YSO stuff. It's let's go out and watch the game, and you know, we'll have yeah. to get you know, and, and and that's fine. That's a that's a that's a legitimate way to watch sports. But I, but I am ready for something different. I am ready for oh, yeah. madness, and I think madness comes at Red Bull Arena. Madness comes at CenturyLink if we get that. Um, madness comes in Portland, but I don't really buy into them right now. I don't think Madness comes in Vancouver. No offense, Canadians. I don't think Madness comes. Ooh, where where else? Columbus. I mean, you know, they they they've got no. the Nordeca. That's okay, but beyond that, it, it's the same sort of vibe. I mean, pound for pound, when when Red Bull Arena is full, I don't think there's a better environment in the entire league. It's just the way that the stadium is constructed. It's it's built so it, it you kind of feel like the fans are on top of you. you. You know, and then on top of that, yeah, on top of that, you throw in. It might be a little bit cold and, you know, 25,000 angry New Yorkers because they're freezing and they want to see a win. Like, uh, you know, props to people in Portland, props to people in Seattle. But when New Yorkers get, they get into it, we get into it. So <laughs> uh, you, you, tie, you put us in a tight spot like that, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's definitely going to be bad. I, I will give credit to Sporting Kansas City and their fans as well. That's a, that's a good building built to hold the noise in. I was there two years ago and it was... Uh, it was freezing cold, and they were still loud as hell. So give credit to Sporting as well, Eddie. Appreciate the call. Yeah, they, still, they still shouldn't have won. They still shouldn't have won that MLS Cup, though. The rest handed it to them. <laughs> okay, all right. Appreciate the call. Really, Collins should have been sent off. That's all I'm saying. No, but, no uh, I, I agree with you. I actually agree with you. I, I'm vaguely remembering that game because my brain's still falling out. But yeah, I think you're right. Appreciate it, man. You got anything else? I'm not gonna rush you out. No, man. That's it. All right, there goes Eddie that's in Brooklyn. Good stuff from him. Always good to talk to our man, Eddie, in Brooklyn. Uh, let's see. Al, in Missouri, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on? That's yeah, not much. Um, what's up, Al? Oh, nothing much. You know, everybody's, you know, talking about the postseason, you know. And I don't like the New York Red Bulls, you know, going in. They got everything. It seems like it's the team. You know, the fans, that are, you know, early this season, you know, we were very upset with the firing of the coach of uh, Mike and everything else, but you got to give credit to the general manager of putting this team together with Bradley Wright Phillips and Sean Wright Phillips and everything. But, you know, I think people are forgetting the two teams that I really kind of like in the Eastern Conference, the um, New England Revolution. Mm-hmm. They start, they're coming along. I know they're really coming along so far. And don't forget the Columbus crew. That Sure. That franchise—they've really done a really good job this I, year. I like—I I, I like New England now. I think New England's a good team, and I think they could replicate what they did last year. I don't have any doubts about that. If they start clicking, um, there there's nobody that can stop them. I don't think. Uh, with Columbus, yeah, but, Columbus has a lot of firepower, but I, I I'm really worried about that defense, that defense, and whether they can stop anybody when it matters. Yes, yes, I yeah, I agree. They need that. They they don't. 
quite have the defensive player yet. You know, that back line, you know, consistently they can know. They might get, I think they can get, I think they get, you know, as far as way to the, that's, I see that team going as far as, you know, maybe the semifinals. Sorry, I'm. Sorry. As, yeah, I can see that team going as far as, you know, close to the semifinals, and that's about it. Now you know you know part of uh, part of trying to pro- pro- prognosticate on the MLS Cup playoffs is is about the seeding right and trying to figure out who who's going to come out of those knockout because you have you have uh, two games to determine uh, the two of the two of the semifinalists and the, the first and second seeds automatically go into that round now you want to finish first or second because you get a bye you don't have to play that knockout game and that's obviously good for yeah. rest and, and everything else. But you also, but but really beyond that, the seeding is more important. So I actually think that you know it's more important for three through six where you end up than it is almost for one and two because even if you have to play that knockout round game and and sure you don't want to but it's not the end of the world it, you at least want to be the four, third seed or the fourth seed because then you have home field advantage. Right now and you know again we got a lot we got some season to go. There's some games left. Four games left for Columbus, New England, DC. Six games left for the Red Bulls. Uh, five, uh, five games left for Toronto. Six games left for Montreal. You you have to look at this. Columbus right now sitting in the second spot, so they have a bye. New England would have a home game against Montreal. Okay, I guess you would you know give yeah. New England a, a, an edge there. DC would have a home game against Toronto. I think that's sort of a crapshoot. Yeah. I don't know if I. I mean, DC's been good at home sometimes, but sometimes they fall flat. Vancouver. In I the, think they're falling. Go ahead. Yeah, they're starting to fall. A little, they're starting to fall a little flat, though. I've noticed DC's having a lot of problems lately. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't know if I buy into them at home. I'd be curious to know what kind of crowd they could get out for that game. You know, clearly Sebastian Javinko can take over by himself. DC United's issues in in defending are related to uh, you, you know related to speed, related to cover, and he's the kind of guy that exploits that that space. I think. I would actually probably have Toronto beating DC United, even though there's a five point gap. Even though DC United will be at home, and then again, New England and Montreal. Okay, yeah, but Drogba and Montreal have changed. You know, they're a different team now, yeah. Al. So I, even that game is a crapshoot. Exactly, with Drogba in there and everything, basically carrying the team to the place to the postseason now. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question: What's going to happen if New England gets to the um, GMLS Cup? You know, as home team are. <laughs> What's going to happen to that? I mean, because they play at Foxborough and everything else. Uh, you know, I, I I imagine they'll find some way to schedule around it. You know, clearly, uh, Kraft owns both teams, so they'd probably work something out. I mean, we've had Seattle in the playoffs on football lines before. They haven't hosted an MLS Cup since 2009, which was obviously pre-planned in a neutral venue. So I don't know what it would be like. Um, I, I don't know. I... I I'd, this is not. This is nothing against the Revolution, who I like as a team and enjoy watching, and and they have a ton of talent. But I really don't want an MLS Cup final at Gillette. I just don't. I, you get you end up getting maybe thirty thousand, and that would be a good sized crowd. Certainly a big MLS crowd, but it would look it, that place would look empty. The sound would all dissipate. It wouldn't. It just wouldn't be fun. It just wouldn't be fun, Al. They should have it at Fenway Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Appreciate the call, man. You got anything else? Oh, that's it. I appreciate it. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Robert, I was saying Al in Missouri. Let's go to Robert, our friend out in Los Angeles. Say, uh, what's going on early in the morning, Robert? 
Uh, another beautiful day on the West Coast. That's what's going on. <laughs> it's always a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, I, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know if you got the tweet I sent, but uh, I sent you a tweet last week asking you for your upset, and you were right. Uh, you know, Montreal over, over New England. So I just want to call and see him uh, if you have an upset this week. I'm, I'm picking Inter Milan to lose this weekend. Oh, yeah. Against Florentina. Okay. Fiorentina, and Leicester right. against Arsenal. You got, I just want to get what yours was. Wait, wait, you got Leicester beating Arsenal? Yep, because like, they play that midweek game, so they have uh, a, an extra day of rest. And that game's at or, or uh, at Leicester, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I could see Spurs beating Man City. Uh, I could see that happening. I mean, I I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't think I'm. Well, I'm not going to pick that that upset. Uh, I don't have every game in front of me right now, so it's kind of hard. Um, I can't take yours. I can't take Leicester beating Arsenal. Uh, I could take. Uh, I, I'm looking at the MLS schedule right now. I suppose I could take, I could take Portland beating Columbus, which I think would be something of an upset, just based on the way those teams are playing. Not not a big one though, uh, and it is MLS, and MLS is uh, notoriously unpredictable. Uh, let's see. Hmm. What what? Where would you? Where do you think I should go? Uh, Robert, what what league makes uh, provides us with the most questionable <laughs> with the most questionable results week to week? Well, there's MLS and Liga MX. Yeah, Liga MX. I'm not going to have a handle on who's good and who's not right now. Things change too quickly in that league. Uh, I could just go big club, and that wouldn't necessarily be fair. Uh, let's see. Uh, you have wow. Uh, the way things are going, I could see Aston Villa getting a result at Liverpool. That would still be an upset, right? Have you seen Have you seen uh, Liverpool play recently? <laughs> so you're saying it wouldn't? They draw be me as Norwich. <laughs> you're saying it wouldn't be an upset at all. All right, if I can't take if I can't take Aston Villa, then I will say let me pick. Um, hmm. Let me take. I'm just there's nothing's jumping out at me, man. I'm not. I'm I'm not uh, Scott Van Pelt. I don't pick winners. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, how about how about Hanover getting a result against Wolfsburg? I know Wolfsburg just got stomped, and that doesn't make them look good, but they're still a much better team and a much bigger club than Hanover, who hasn't won a game yet. So I'll take Hanover getting, let's say, a draw. That would That's not quite an upset, but I'll take a draw. All right, all right. Let's see what happens. Uh, that's all I wanted to take, uh, right. say. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Jason. Appreciate Have a great, it. happy Friday. Good stuff, Robert. Uh, you're putting me on the spot there. I mean, come on, man. I have. I, I'm not. Again, it's not like my bag. I'm not really a guy who picks games. I know people out there playing, putting money down. I. I. That's not my thing. And so when you ask me to pick it up now, and now there's pressure because everybody who says, "Well, I picked. I. I, I put money on your on your pick," and then they lose money, then now I feel terrible. This is why I don't gamble and why I don't give gambling tips. Every now and then, some like one of my buddies who does he goes, "Hey, man, you think so and so can beat such and such?" And I go, "Sure." And then they lose, and I feel terrible. I feel now you shouldn't be betting money you don't have or you can't afford to lose, but you know sometimes these things happen. Six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine. Again, coming back uh, around to the Andrew Sherlockins and his piece at Yahoo Sports on the issue of of DPS and, and certainly high profile players taking advantage of the of, of MLS when it comes to doing part time gigs. 
Um, there is no other way to say it other than Steven Gerrard should not be pl- should not be flying to London to do Champions League analysis midweek during the MLS season. That should not happen. He he should be committed if he's an LA Galaxy player. If you're paying him a lot of money, he should be committed to the LA Galaxy until he is retired. Stop with this. You want to do something out of the season when it's your time? Sure. Okay, fine. And this is not, I don't even know if I blame Gerard, Because, of course, Gerard, with his ties to England and being in demand, an opportunity to make more money than, than even the Galaxy are paying him, and having been such an immense figure within the Champions League, maintaining that connection, still living in that world, I don't even know if I blame him for, for, for trying to make this happen and getting it done. I blame the Galaxy. Stop saying it's okay. Stop it. Again, Leander lays it all out. YahooSports.com or uh, sports.yahoo.com slash blog slash soccer slash whatever. You'll find it from Leander's uh, feed, which is Leander Alphabet. I get Tej on Twitter. Possible MLS upset, upset based on the respective form. NYCFC over Vancouver. That game is in Vancouver. I just don't I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I mean, I think it's possible because, again, anything is possible. Vancouver, actually a really good team on the road, not quite as good at home, which is odd. So if they're going to get beaten by NYCFC, you might think that it's that it's coming, that it might come at Vancouver. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm following more of this Twitter saga. Bladder's lawyer in Zurich, Lorenz and Ernie, who counts Roman Polanski as a former client, was spotted arriving at FIFA headquarters. So something's going down there if Blatter's personal attorney is in the house. There may be more to what's going on uh, than just a cancel press conference. Make sure you're you're tracking Twitter. Uh, Richard Conway, uh, Rob Harris, Sam Borden. Who else else is a a good follow for all this stuff, Trev? There's, There's a bunch of people. Maybe we'll... Uh, hit you up on Twitter, let you guys know, or we'll put out a tweet with some of the, the good follows, people who are on the ground. Because, again, it feels as though something big is coming. Something is unraveling right now um, because there's just too many coincidences uh, with, uh, with again, the planned press conference, Jerome Valk losing his, his job, the emails being turned over to, to the Swiss authorities. Um, we, have the, we do have the World Cup ca- uh, calendar uh, confirmed for 2022, but that seems like a distraction almost at this point. Uh, they they did come out of the uh, of the executive committee meeting, and again, Blatter was a, was intended to address the gathered press after that meeting, and has uh, has not. Now here's Raphael Honigstein making jokes. First one to with tweet of Blatter in handcuffs wins. So I, I you know there's a sense among some of the uh, more elite soccer writers of Europe that something is coming. Sam Borden is the is the guy we're going to turn to. I would love to get somebody on the phone who's in Zurich right now. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I think they're all probably busy scrambling from from room to room and place to place and uh, looking for whatever news they can from whatever source they can. Uh, this, may, this may end up bleeding into Soccer Morning on Sirius XM FC 85 if you are a subscriber um, it is, uh, it's probably a good idea to check in with us at 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, by the way, uh, there is a, there's a promotion running at Sirius XM, 
that uh, allows for people who have a subscription to refer a friend, get two months free. So, and, and the 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 fam, the friend gets two months free. I think I think that may end up giving you access to FC eighty five. I'm not positive, but there's a way to go to to look for a, a, um, some access to Soccer Morning. Just give it a, a you know, just check it out, see if you like it. Uh, come on over. We talk mostly American stuff for two hours every day. Uh, but we do cover whatever is happening in the world of, of soccer. That's that's big. 646-832-3909. That's your phone number here on a Friday. Free Kick Friday. Uh, also, program, programming note. Since we're here and I've got some time, I'm going on a brief vacation. My birthday happens to be a week from tomorrow, October 3rd. I'm going on a brief vacation. So we're going to uh, to be having some scheduling uh, changes. Looks like Jonathan Tannenwald is going to sit in for me. That's uh, a Thursday, Friday, and Monday show. That's uh, the the first, second, and fifth. And we may be moving the show back an hour to 10 a.m. Eastern to accommodate, accommodate Mr. Tannenwald's schedule. Uh, so you won't miss out on Soccer Morning completely. And I'll only be gone for a couple of days. You'll barely notice I was gone, and then we'll be back on Tuesday, which I think is the what? What is that? The seventh? The sixth? Is it Tuesday the sixth? It is Tuesday the sixth. I should be back in our regular spot. Yes, phone line still open six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine. Jump on in. Uh, tell me what you're looking forward to this weekend. If you got an upset special uh, following Roberts Lee, we can certainly do that. If you have thoughts on. On what's going on in Zurich right now? What do you hope? What let's let's dream. Let's take a moment and dream. What could be happening right now in Zurich that will lead to uh, that would that would have led to a canceled press conference? I mean, you know, Seth Blatter is the kind of guy who might cancel a press conference because he's got a an itch behind his left ear and doesn't feel like going out there. But he also likes to play to the crowd, and he certainly likes to be defiant. When it comes to these charges, when it comes to allegations of, of FIFA transgressions, and for him to simply decide to skip out after an executive committee meeting, which did deliver some news, is a surprise. And again, FIFA executive committees, uh, committee members in Zurich are the, one, are the ones who are um, surprised by this. Let's go to Andrew in Toronto. What's up, Andrew? Hey, uh, Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I just want to thank you for uh, providing your show to all Canadians in North America. Okay. I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if you know that uh, Sirius XM Canada does not have Sirius XM FC on it. I, I am aware. Uh, and, and I believe, Andrew, aren't you, aren't you one of those people who's, um, who maybe found a way to, to listen anyway? No, I, I don't, I've been trying to find a way. Uh, okay. I, can't, I can't find one at all. Okay. Uh, do you know how I can? I, can't, I, can't, I don't think. I, I don't think legally I can tell you how to do that. But there, there may be, there may be some ways. I, I don't know. But yeah, it is not cool that Sirius XMFC is not available in Canada. But I believe that was. Um, I don't know whose decision that was. I, I, I wish I could. I uh, wish I could help you, Andrew. Yeah, I know it sucks. Uh, after the World Cup, I had loved Sirius XMFC. I just discovered it, and then they just took it right off. I was very upset, but then I started looking for all these podcasts. I found yours, and I've been listening to it ever since. And now I appreciate that. Live. So what, uh, what is on your mind today beyond that? Uh, beyond that, I'm hopefully TFC does well against Chicago Fire. 
Um, hopefully, we get a home playoff game at home. It's my first time being a season C holder for TSC, and yeah. everyone there says it's the best year so far well, out of it, all the it is. nine years. It is, and look, there's some points on the table for them, Andrew. I think they're okay against Chicago, though you never know with TFC. But I think Chicago's packed it in. They're basically, uh, they're basically done with their year. You're not going to see a whole lot of whole lot of effort out of them. But Toronto's got a five point gap to make up um, with DC United in order to get a home playoff game. So they've got some work to do. It's going to take a lot for them to get a home playoff game, Andrew. I mean, I think that's doubtful at this point. Say that I have some hope. Hopefully, Joe Binko pulls out some more magic, and um, like you said, it's a crapshoot, right? So hopefully, yeah. you get the good luck at the right yeah. time. Well, but best of luck to TFC again. I love watching Jovinko. I think this is the this is TFC's year. I think they're they're going to they're going to make it into the playoffs. Andrew, we'll see if they get a home game. All right, thanks, Jason. Thanks. Yeah, there goes the best. Good the best stuff. Thanks, love it, man. Right. Uh, that's. Uh, Andrew up in Toronto. Love the Canadians getting in. Patrick in South Carolina. What's going on? Hey, Jason. How you doing, man? Doing well. What is, what is, wait, what is on your mind? What, what could it possibly be? Uh, first off, let me just apologize if I have any background noise. I'm walking to class in the rain on campus, so please forgive that. No, nah, um, no worries. No worries. What, what I wanted to ask was, um, I know ProRel keeps getting be like a dead horse on your show. But the thing I hear no one ever bring up is how does a college fit in the pro rel? Because I, I don't think, you know, soccer reached the popularity where we can do pro rel that the NCAA would not still want to capitalize on soccer. What do you mean? I mean, you know, if college soccer would continue, I imagine you'd have to – You'd have to do away with the draft, and uh, Patrick, and you'd have to inla- allow oh, yeah. teams to sign players based on their wherewithal, and, and that's it. I mean, what what else would they need to change? Well, I just mean that, like, you know, how do you think, you know, those teams stay relevant, you know, because I, ah, I, I don't know, because saying. a lot of other soccer fans are saying, oh, pro-rel is the way that we advance our soccer culture or advance, you know, our soccer talent, and... yeah. Uh, you know, if that happens, it seems like college soccer would kind of just be a, another side thing. Well, I, I still, th- I don't know. If I you still know think you would have. I still think you would have a large number. You know, you would still have plenty of kids wanting to play college soccer, Patrick. But because, because again, what is embedded in our culture, our sports culture, is you know, high school, college, pro. Even if soccer is a little different on the col- on the on the high school end, and we and we. We are now working towards a system that doesn't rely so much on college. I still think you're going to have a, a situation um, where where you know parents want their kids to go get an education, and and if scholarships aren't offered, yeah. then then they're going to go. Sure. Um, you know, college soccer's influence is going to wane over time for a lot of reasons. That would just be you know one more brick in that wall, I guess. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what what you might worry about is if every decent-sized town in the country has a team, which, you know, again, these teams are going to come and go because we're just not in the position to support them. But, you know, I, I guess you could argue college soccer would suffer for support. But but even then, I mean, college... Yeah, that, that was kind of my other thought, you know. I but, feel like because, the one thing college soccer maybe has going for it is that, you know, generally a lot of colleges have teams and if you really want local soccer? That's maybe the only option for a lot of people. And yeah. if Pro Rail gets introduced, 
then you may have, you know, a lot of small clubs well, we, popping up here or there. We know. Or, you know. But we, we know that support for college soccer is already spotty. There, look, there, there, are some, yeah. there are some schools that get eight to 10,000 out and it's a big deal. Maryland and UC Santa Barbara and uh, Akron has gotten big crowds. And, and I'm sure there's other schools I'm missing. But we know that that's yeah, all. That, that's uh, all. Clemson. Okay, Clemson. <laughs> Clemson soccer. They're also built. That's also built though on on school pride, almost more than anything else. It's it's yeah. not really about. It's half about soccer, but it's it's more about let's go out and support our school. And there's going to be a there will always be fans because the classes are going to turn over. You know, there, there's support probably isn't really the question. Okay. All right, fair enough. I mean, all of these, you know, just bringing it up, thanks for the call, Patrick. Bringing up where college soccer fits in the greater scheme of American soccer is definitely a valid question. And if you did throw Pro-Rel into the mix, how would that impact? I mean, we don't know. We can't know. We can reason out, well, you know, now we've got more clubs, I guess, for kids to play. I I don't even know if that's the case, though. I I still think that you wouldn't necessarily have some sort of vast investment in new clubs just because promotion and relegation exists you would still have you would still have people uh, of means looking to buy into existing clubs i mean i, I don't know I, I guess i i guess again you know maybe this is part of the uh, this is certainly part of the argument for pro rel is we don't know what'll happen it could in, increase um interest it could make everything explode at the same time again you're not going to have people who have already spent 100 million dollars buying in and, and from a practical standpoint it's just not going to happen all right, so we uh, phone lines have died down. We still don't know what ha- what's happening in Zurich, but we will find out. We've got a big uh, Premier League weekend, a big MLS weekend, Bundesliga, La Liga. That's all happening. You've got your schedule. You've probably decided which games you're going to watch. Uh, we've got uh, n- news as to perhaps the future coach of the Chicago Fire, Miguel Herrera. I really hope that happens. El Piojo in Chicago will be amazing. Uh, this is an opportunity, though, for me to wrap up this edition of Soccer Morning on a Friday. Thank you very much. For listening, thanks to everybody who called in. Uh, we will be back on Monday. We will find out what happened with FIFA. We will obviously review all of the results from uh, from this particular from this particular weekend. Uh, make sure you check out Rabble.tv, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Sunday night. Myself, Jared Dubois, talking LA Galaxy FC Dallas. Be there. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Disappear. What I put my heart on every cursive letter. Tell me why the.